All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. What's up, everybody? Welcome into a Thursday, March 30th edition of Daily Faceoff Live. Happy opening day to all who celebrate. My Phillies are in Texas. The Toronto Blue Jays are in St. Louis, where you can find Mike McKenna, former NHL netminder, current Daily Faceoff analyst. Mike, how you doing? I'm good. Unfortunately, I won't be at that game. I uh, did have an offer for a ticket, but there is a Warrior hockey tournament going on later this evening and tomorrow as well. So that takes precedence, but hopefully the Cardinals have a good year. And they're not quite as good as the Phillies were for you last year, Frank. Hard to top that. Yeah, I seem to remember them beating the Cardinals in the first round last year. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Never mind that. Let's, uh, let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock, and let's start with a pretty big day for the NHL Players Association in their new executive director, Marty J. Walsh, taking the podium to address the media for the first time. Mike, um, you know, I, I just want to give some brief thoughts and an overview before we dive into it. If Marty Walsh sounded to you or to anyone who watched uh, as someone who didn't have very many answers to questions, I think the answer is that he doesn't. And he's basically, if you think about it from a global sort of 30,000 foot view and perspective is Marty Walsh was essentially a hockey newborn on Monday, the first day that he set foot in NHLPA offices. Yes, he's been a Boston Bruins season ticket holder. Yes, he's a fan of the sport. He doesn't know the intricacies and everything that happens behind the scenes. 
uh, the CBA and the mechanics in place, the history of the NHL Players Association and all of the different things that go into it over the last five decades, um, and frankly, all the turmoil and rankle that's been involved yeah. with the association, just about every executive director that's preceded him to this point has gone out in a bloody and ugly way, including Don Fear being essentially pushed out this past year. So yeah. there's a lot to learn. And I guess, Mike, that was sort of the refreshing part for me watching it was Marty Walsh is not going to stand there and pretend that he has all the answers. This was his first four days, first foray into the Toronto office. He's got a lot to learn. So my point would be, Mike, do not judge him based on what you hear and see today. Let's wait till this guy who is a really smart guy by all accounts, mm -hmm. let's wait till he gets his feet wet. Well, and some of that, this is a blank slate. So that's encouraging in some ways that Marty Walsh can come in and look at relations between the NHL and NHLPA with a different light. But you also think, man, he really wasn't approached for this job until December. So the run up to where he's currently taken this role in the end of March, like there hasn't been a whole lot. That's a, that's a very short period of time to learn the labor law intricacies of what's happened at the NHLPA level. And frankly, like with myself being involved with secession planning, even in the minor league union, the PHPA, that we were consistently trying to find somebody that we thought would be able to step into that role that could mentor for a while, then learn. So, you know, we thought that'd be maybe a year or two worth of understudy. Walsh is just walking into this basically right off the street out of the Department of Justice with President Biden. So he has a lot to learn. You expect him to do it hopefully very quickly, but this is the importance. He has to surround himself with the right people, ask the right questions, have the right conversations, get in the locker rooms, learn from the players, and not just the veterans. It's got to be the young guys here too, Frank. So it's a lot on his plate, uh, but with his resume and his past as a mayor and, and working within the Biden cabinet, this is a capable person. So I'm encouraged by that. Yeah, there's no doubt capable person. I think the big thing is how quickly will he get up to speed? He actually yeah. acknowledged that part of the reason why he was so delayed and in, in take, you know, from the time that he was reported as uh, the next executive director to actually stepping into the role was he had to handle a railroad strike or help avoid a railroad, avert a railroad strike, which he was actively involved in the negotiations. I think there's pluses and minuses to having a sort of non-hockey person step into the role. It's great to get a fresh view and perspective. It also means that there's a lot to catch up on to your point. So Mike, um, I see you wearing the alumni hat and he acknowledged um, point blank uh, that he did meet yesterday or the day before with Glenn Healy, the executive director of the NHL Alumni Association. And one of the big things that uh, he talked about was the idea of supporting all players because you all eventually become an alumni anyway um, and, and their you know walk of life and all those things that go into that. But um, having been so active involved in, in the Minor League Players Association, as you acknowledged, if you were an NHL player today, what would be the biggest thing on your agenda list? Because, you know, I think in the short term, everyone acknowledges that, you know, over these next three to four months, the biggest thing is going to be negotiating what the NHL salary cap looks like for next season. But that's yeah. going to get solved one way or another. And frankly, nothing needs to happen in order for the NHL to continue on playing the way the CBA is negotiated right now. Is it 
a, a revenue and growth of the game perspective? Is it international hockey, which was a big topic of conversation? And Marty Walsh acknowledged that it's important for the players to, to solve the Olympics and international game question. Is it health and safety? Is it health insurance? What stands out for you as what should be the NHLPA's biggest priority over the next number of years? You know, the real low-hanging fruit is escrow, salary cap, international play. Like, those are things that I think the PA just can't come in and swing a big stick and make it happen. There's so many moving parts to that. Yes, it needs to be figured out. But the one thing I think that the PA can really have a good grasp on is just how to grow revenue from the player side of things, how to monetize what the players are doing at a personal level and grow that into the NHL overall. That's been a big sticking point for a lot of the players is how to maximize that. And with Marty Walsh coming in, he's been a labor leader. He's, he's obviously worked in a cabinet. How can he approach this from a business standpoint? And that's one thing that the PA has been very hesitant in my eyes to ever step foot into is the actual. So what would you do? Trying to make it more. And that's where, well, that's where I think, again, surrounding him, I think you need people outside of hockey to try to come in with a business model and a marketing model for these players. That would, those would be important hires for me with as much money like, as the PA has on hand. So what, so what would you want to tackle though? Like I've heard player, you know, licensing deals and, and uh, name, image, and likeness, things like that. Is it bigger than that? Is there... Is there something that the NHL hasn't thought of and done from their eye, their end, to be able to, you know, at the end of the day, the players get a 50-50 split. Is there something yep. that they can create on their own outside of that? Or is there something that they can yes. create to grow the game overall in the 50% that they get? Well, you're going to have the 50% on the ice. But to me, it's the away from the ice aspect. Okay, like the, they know who the players are on the ice. And yeah, that's all controlled through rights and likeness fees. But what you're doing away from the rink, the, the PA has never really been involved in that, right? How do you grow these programs outside of it to create brands for players, to create create something bigger than what they are currently? You think about basketball players, how huge they are uh, in terms of revenue from, from, from sponsorships and, and endorsements and these things. We don't see it in hockey. And I think that can be driven as a group by the PA rather than individuals much more so. But again, it's, there's been a hesitancy there. So will they step into that i don't know but i think that the undercurrent from what i've heard from players is a lot of them want to tap into that it's managing to find the right balance for it yeah it'll be interesting to watch and see what marty walsh decides to tackle first as the nhlpa's new executive director our guy matt larkin was on the scene at the press conference in toronto earlier today and he will have a full report for you on dailyfaceoff.com this afternoon Let's talk about the Minnesota Wild. They've been hot, maybe not quite as hot as Paul Maurice was on the Florida Panthers bench on Wednesday evening. But how about this? The Minnesota Wild, 16-1-4. That's one regulation loss in their last 21 games. My question to you, Mike, is as well as the Wild have played, I think everyone has looked at them as a good team. Have they now vaunted themselves into the conversation as a legitimate Stanley Cup contender and threat? There's a couple way to, ways to look at this. I mean, is the star power there for the for the Wild? Does that hold them back? Of course, Kirill Kaprizov hasn't been in the lineup for them for a bit here. So, like, you've had some young talent step out. Matt Boldy's been phenomenal for the club. He's got 11 goals since March 11th. That's leading the NHL. So you need this to happen. I think for me, what makes the Wild really dangerous, Frank, is that they grind out wins. Like, it's not very often that they run a team out of the building or they they outchance them like crazy, possess the puck. Like, 
they just win and they play strong defense for the most part. They suppress shots and they've had really good goaltending on top of that. So to me, I look at Minnesota as a team that is built for the playoffs. Again, they may not necessarily always have the flashiness in the regular season that makes you think they could just clobber a team right off the bat. But I think this team's really dangerous right now. And especially when Kaprizov comes back, it adds that extra layer, the superstar layer to it. And I'll give you this last night, man. This was always my test when I looked uh, at Minnesota. How are they playing defensively responsible hockey? I always looked at Joel Erickson Eck. Last night, plus three. Look at the Avalanche players. Their big dogs last night, McCarr, McKinnon, Brandon, they were all minus three. And that's a lot of that matchup with Erickson Eck. He's kind of the canary in the coal mine for that team. And you look at those last 25 games, man, he's only been negative twice in his last 18. So I think that's pretty telling for Wild. Yeah, it's a really interesting stat to keep an eye on. Not so much the plus minus factor, but just the Erickson Eck factor in terms of his impact on the Wild's overall game. Um, I don't... I don't know how to give a yes or no answer to that. Like, would it shock me if the Wild were the team to come out of the West? Like, maybe in some ways, but maybe not. Like, I just don't think there's a lot that separates, you know, especially you see a game like Wednesday night, just one game. But the Avs, I've thought for the last couple weeks, have been the team to beat in the West. And yet, you look at it, there's between those six teams that are leading the Central and Pacific, you know, scratch out the two wildcard teams. I, I don't think there's really very much separating one through six at all. No, it's tight, man. Like I having this conversation yesterday. I'm not sure who the horses are, but you think about, again, for me, playoff style teams like Minnesota and Dallas fit that very well. Um, and I think if you even look at Edmonton and Colorado, like those are pretty high powered offenses. You don't always know what you're going to get defensively from. So um, the consistent bet would be the wild, but again, we're going to have to see how this plays out because the West to me is just wide open still. I don't, I can't pick a favorite out of there. Yeah, I just, I keep getting lost on the wild and the sort of mental fragility that they've had. That team coming out of the All Star break, if you would have told me that they'd have one regulation loss in a span of twenty games, my brain would have exploded because they they just couldn't get it together. They couldn't get keep the puck out of their own net. They made costly mistake after mistake, and they looked like a team that the wheels were about to fall off. And that's actually what they looked like last year in the first round against the St. Louis Blues. Like they should have that series was there for the taking, and they should have won that round. And instead, uh, they were the team that was out in six. Uh, going to be fascinating to watch the Minnesota Wild. Uh, let's talk about the Nashville Predators because as the Winnipeg Jets have absolutely dropped the ball, Mike. Um, and kept this door wide open for not just the Calgary Flames, but also the Nashville Predators, who are somehow 9-6-2 and two since uh, making a significant number of trades in the pieces that they plucked off of the roster and also, frankly, the injuries that they have currently in their lineup. I had a chance to speak with uh, outgoing Preds GM David Poyle, the only GM that the Nashville Predators have ever known for, frankly speaking, our new one-on-one interview series where you can get wherever you get your Apple podcast. But I asked him, Mike, about the idea of Barry Trotz taking over and why Barry Trotz is the right fit. Here's his answer. Two, I think I'm in some ways, I've been training Barry for this, this job. So you go back to, and then if you remember the first year in Nashville, uh, we had uh, a whole year t- uh, together, and we didn't have any 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 pro scouts. So it was myself, Barry, and Paul Gardner were the three pro scouts. Were the ones that did did the draft. So Barry got to meet you know every 
every manager around the league and sat in the press box, talked to everybody. And so he'd been an amateur scout and now he'd been a pro scout. And again, my whole relationship with him is I've always been including him in everything that I do. So he knows exactly how I operate things. And uh, so I hope he takes some of that, but I also hope that he has, and I know he has his own, own ideas. So I, I think he's pretty well trained for this. It's so rare to see an NHL head coach make the jump to GM, especially one that was in the role for as long as Barry Trotz mm -hmm. was. But to David Poyle's point, those two go back together to the early 1980s with the Washington Capitals, just after Barry Trotz was wrapping his short playing career. And when you think about the ability to make that jump, what stands out for you about Barry Trotz? I think it's exactly what Poyle described in your interview is how he's taken all the proper steps and he's done more than just coach. When you're building out an entire franchise like they did together with the Nashville Predators, and I was part of that. I mean, I was drafted in 2002 by that franchise just a couple of years after it came into the being. You saw how hands-on Barry Trotz was and knowing people very close, it's a pretty special relationship between Poyle and Trotz. I think there's always been so much mutual respect that each side values what one another has. And I think for David Poyle to look at Trotz and think, okay, he's also gone out and done his own thing after they separated and parted ways in Nashville. He goes to Washington and wins a cup. Uh, and then he gets to go learn with Lou Lamorello as well. So he gets another perspective of another general manager to work with in several instances. I think he just looks at Trotz as being so well-rounded in his experience and obviously being a very intelligent and well-respected person um, that this is going to work. But I tell you what, you don't make this higher though if you don't think that the person uh, wants to be a GM more than a coach. That's a big thing for me. Because I've seen coaches that wanted both before. Mike Keenan, he wanted both. Okay, even Daryl Sutter in Calgary, I think at times, you know, maybe wanted both. There's a distinction there. And I think Poyle feels comfortable knowing that Trotz is ready to make that jump. Yeah, I agree. And uh be an amazing story if the Preds can somehow, in a year, I know no one would consider them a cup contender and it might just be an eight-day run in the playoffs, but for a team that traded off so many pieces, David Poyle stocks, stockpiles the draft board on the way out. For them to get in for a GM that has not won a Stanley Cup in 39 years at the helm over two franchises would be an incredible story and accomplishment for the National Predators. We'll see. We're going to find out a lot, not just about the Winnipeg Jets uh, and the National Predators, but also the Calgary Flames over these next couple weeks. Let's get to the number crunch with our guy, Cam Sharon for a detailed look at some of the analytics and behind the scenes. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend, but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. 
Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. That's right. Pleased to be joined once again by our friend Cam Sharon for this week's edition of The Number Crunch. And Cam, we've been closely following the Tampa Bay Lightning all season long, three straight trips to the Stanley Cup Final. Haven't really had a ton to play for. Not a lot's going to change in terms of their lot in life this season in the standings. Um, So as you look at the Lightning, who have scuffled a bit of late, especially since the All-Star break, what trends have you noticed and picked out that stand out to you? Well, for me, yeah, it's it's. you start with their record. They're 11-11-5 since the All-Star break, which is kind of where they want – Kind of what the what you'd expect like i don't think that there was really a point uh in the second half of the season that you've looked at and said oh they have a pretty good chance of, of catching toronto like they might have they won a few more games here and there uh it would have been close but it looks like toronto's kind of pulling away here but the the real concern for me is that their goal differential at five on five has just really really suffered since the break you look at uh, all the eastern teams here and they're uh they're fifth last in 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 five on five goal differentials since the all-star break I was looking at particular at why like their their power play is still running and you know this is a team that they've they've just gone through these lulls uh, so many times where I've thought that I was going to count them out and I wouldn't because you know oh they well they're only hanging around because of their power play and their goaltending and that seems to be one of those things right now but they just uh, they're they're they come back at you they're zombies and uh, and, and you can never really count them out so you so they're just on complete cruise control. So it's really tough to it's really tough to uh, to analyze a team like that, especially if you're uh, if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I know that they're they're uh, you know everyone on staff is working really hard to try and figure out pick out what they can learn from the Lightning uh, to prepare for that playoff series. And I don't know if you can really use anything from this part from this point in the season because every single player is on cruise control. I looked at uh, I looked at the different. So this is a the reason why their goal differential suffered so much is mostly because of their goals. They're, uh, I believe, a bottom 10 team since the All-Star break. And I was looking at their forwards, and basically every single forward has seen a decline in goals since the All-Star break, uh, in goals four per 60 on ice, uh, with the exception of uh, Pierre-Edouard Bellemar, who's, uh, and that line has just been on for an outrageous number of goals against. Um, you know, they haven't gotten anything offensively from Tanner Janot just yet at five on five. Uh, just across the board, these four, these forwards are, 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 you know, they're, they're just kind of on cruise control, uh, as I keep saying. So I looked a little bit. So I looked uh, instead at the defense to see if there was any defensive group that uh, that was that was really holding them back. And I found one. And the 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 ones that uh, that are interesting to me are not the ones you would expect to be kind of playing in that that March and April mindset of just get to the next game. You'd expect players like Hedman, Sergachev, and Chernak, who have been there before, to be the biggest drops. But instead, we've seen Ian Cole, Nick Pervix, and Zach Bogosian, who are more the depth guys. Uh, Pervix is a really interesting one for me because he's a rookie. 
uh, came out of college. He looked really, really good at the start of the season. I looked into it a little bit more. The reason why his goals for uh, for 60 was so high uh, at the start was the team was shooting 11, uh, 11.2% when he was on the ice. And I don't think that defensemen can really handle that or can really uh, control that shooting percentage number. They're not usually the ones that are immediately involved in, in, uh, in goal scoring. Uh, he's very good defenseman at moving the puck. Uh, his track stats are very good. I wonder if that's kind of fallen off a little, but it, it's, it seemed to be really interesting to me that, that the pairings that Perbix has been on uh, are the ones that have really suffered offensively uh, recently. And, uh, and you know, also just looking at this, like uh, I'm kind of worried about this defense in general. I'm going back through and I'm watch, I'm rewatching uh, the Leafs and Lightning series from last year to see what I can learn from that. And the, the one player I keep coming back to is Ryan McDonough, who I think made sense as a player that that uh, that Tampa had to move on from for for salary cap reasons, but at the same time, uh, he was a very steady presence in that top four for so long, and now they've kind of had to patch it together with guys like Kerbix, uh, Zach Bogosian's played up there, and uh, I you know and to be honest, I just don't tr- trust Mikhail Sergachev. He has really good on ice numbers, uh, really good puck possession, and all that. But he seems to be liable to make one or two big mistakes every single game that can that can tilt the balance. Uh, so just kind of having Sergachev replace McDonough's minutes, I'm not too I'm not too high on that. Uh, Hedman hasn't been his his old self. He he wasn't very good in transition at the start of the season. So we'll see we'll see if Tampa really puts it together. Or if they're just going to stay on cruise control for the rest of the year, they're in absolutely no danger of falling out of the playoff spot. They're no danger of falling out of third place. They're going to go to uh, Scotiabank Arena, Game One of the playoffs. Let's keep it down there in Florida. And the Panthers they got a big one last night after Paul Maurice flipped his lid on the bench. Alex Lyon in net. Uh, is this a team that can get into the Stanley Cup playoffs, or are they going to end up falling short by not having enough late in the season? I uh, I have no idea. To, to be honest, like Florida compared, like Florida compared to last year, they're 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 quite similar. Like they're missing the, the offense from Mason Marchment that he provided on that third line. Um, but other than that, like they're still one of the top offensive teams in the league. They're third and five on five scoring. Uh, they're around averaging in uh, in goals against. You know, I think that they have uh, quite poor goaltending and pretty above average defend, defending. Uh, the problem is that last year they scored so many goals and they couldn't have timed those goals any better. They had a lot of comeback wins. They had a lot of uh, wins in one goal games and they've really lost that aspect of, the, of their game, both in terms of comebacks and in terms of, of the one goal games. Uh, they're just 9-21-3 this season, which is 26th in the NHL when they've given up the first goal. Last year, they played at a 103-point pace. They were 24-10-4 when they gave up the first goal. So it, it's more its more of a feeling that when they fall behind, they're kind of out of it. Now, it's a, obviously last night, they won the one-goal game. They got the overtime win. Uh, they did have to come back for it. They scored a late goal. And that's kind of what they were doing all of last season. And they haven't really been able to replicate that. They still have a good offense. They obviously weren't going to get that goal timing uh, as as they were last year. So, you know, but but they've 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 just fallen back so far and they've regressed the other way. You might expect it to flip a little bit. And you know, if I'm Boston and I'm looking at uh, at potential playoff opponents, I think that that's a team I don't want to face. I know that that's a team that can really skate with you. Uh, they can really tire you out, not necessarily grind you down, but they're but they're a very fast team still. They're still very good offensively. They're still very dangerous. They still have very good power play. They can hurt you in so many different ways. But at the same time, they're also a team I would want to play just because in the playoffs, goaltending matters so, so much. 
And I think that of all the playoff teams, they're the one team that I kind of look at and I just don't trust their goaltending even over a course of two weeks. Uh, I just don't trust Sergei Bobrovsky. Don't really trust the backups. Alex Lyon, I've seen him play some good games. Uh, Mike, you were in the AHL the same time that he was kind of getting his start. Uh, I thought that he was he looked very good in the early part of his career. So, but but I you know he just doesn't have those those uh, those NHL numbers yet. Um, you know Spencer Knight is having a rough season. They don't really have uh, anyone to, to to fall back on uh, when Bobrovsky struggles, and I think he will. So. You know, not a team I not a team I want to play, but also a team I do want to play. It's interesting. Um, uh, I I don't really know about Florida, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think any of us really know about the Florida Panthers this season. We're going to learn a lot about them, of course, in the next two weeks as well. Thanks to Cam Sharon for this week's edition of the Number Crunch. All right, Mike, time for the Daily Faceoff inbox question of the day. Hashtag AskDFO. And after watching the NFL change their tune earlier this week, what would you think about the NHL allowing players to wear the number zero on jerseys? I'd love it. It's, I mean, it's a number. Who cares? I see it in racing all the time. I go to the local dirt track. You got number 007 out there or 01 or 05. And, I don't know. I think it'd be cool. I know the reason being is because it confused the NHL's digital database years ago in 96, 97, after Marty Biron was the last guy to wear it. So I don't know. I wouldn't mind it a bit. It has history in the league before. What do you think? Yeah, there must be a way to do it now with the technology to ensure that that doesn't happen. Uh, I'm all for the double zero. I don't I think the singular zero is weird, but the double zero, why not? Yeah, John Davidson Ward, whole 77, 78 season. And then Phil Esposito um, told him to change it. <laughs> I don't understand the 01 or 07 or whatever. Like, just you're just number seven then. So, uh, but I'm all for the double zero. Why not? Let's do it. Yeah, um, bring it back. Yeah. So let's uh, let's get to Tyler Ramchuk with our points bet daily bet segment. Tyler, what do you got? Yeah, I got two plays for tonight's slate, courtesy of our friends over at Points Bet Canada. And listen, the Boston Bruins are massive favorites tonight. They're like minus 500 on the money line. It's insane. There's no value there, but I do think they'll be able to score in their matchup. So I'm going to hammer up some props for the Boston Bruins in this hockey game tonight, starting with an assist for Patrice Bergeron. This one, as you can see, is actually paying plus money. Again, they're playing a Columbus team that just bleeds offense consistently. So I think the Bruins' big dogs are going to eat tonight. And for Patrice Bergeron, he has an assist in three of his last five games, four total in that span, four of his last six games. There are some trends pointing in this direction. And the plus money payout in a fantastic matchup is just too good for me to pass up on. Also, I'm going to take a stab at the over between the Ducks and the Seattle Kraken, both of these teams have been traditionally more of an over team than an under team as of late three of the last five for the seattle crack and hitting consistently for the ducks who can't keep the puck out of their net over six and a half between anaheim and seattle a patrice bergeron apple and those are my two plays for it today frank also jay's money line let's go <laughs> jay's money line love to see it the first day of tyler your betting on baseball for a long time uh i'm gonna go anytime there's a, a favorite in the nhl that big once it gets to like 500 or more i i always just take the other side just for fun because hockey's so random like would anyone be absolutely shocked if we have i don't know the blue jackets beat the bruins tonight i wouldn't be yeah it happens that's active life in cards the NHL. logo 
Yeah, there you I go. Like I'm just mic. purposely ignoring this part. Uh, let's get to garbage <laughs> time. Thanks to Tyler. Um, Mike, I usually cede the floor to you for garbage time, but this is actually going to be right up your alley because Artem Anisimov has really made a dent on the Philadelphia Flyers organization in a good way. He came to camp earlier this year, and I think it hasn't been talked about enough, so wanted to shed a little light on it and give him a little love. Came to Flyers camp this year on a PTO, ended up breaking his foot in a preseason game. I was actually at the game, took a shot off his foot, and that just basically sealed his chances to make the team. He was living in Chicago, played in Russia last year, and everyone just kind of assumed, okay, he'll go back home to Russia or he'll go to Chicago and sort of you know, go on uh, continuing his life outside of hockey. And instead, he went away for a couple weeks but made the decision to come back because he really wanted to give it a shot playing in the AHL with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms to see if he could be a mentor this season to their team. Had a great year statistically, but the Flyers have been way more impressed about what he's done off the ice, trying to mentor some of their young guys. I think it's just a neat little story, a guy that's made a a couple bucks in his career, has played 775 NHL games, and decides to go back to the AHL. If that's not love of the game, I don't know what is. Yep, he's having fun. That's what it comes down to. We played together in Columbus. I'm not surprised at all. Um, And it's a special relationship that he's had with Igor Zamula there, the defenseman for that franchise, I think has really solidified it. So it's great to see. I'm not surprised here, Frank. There's not a lot of pressure in the American League. So if you still love it, if you still don't mind making a few bucks less, why not? He likes living in America. I understand that aspect. So good on Artem. Yeah, I just love to see it and uh, wonder what that means for the next part of his career. You know, whether it's player development or getting involved in scouting or whatever it might be, the Flyers, they will work to find a place uh, in the organization for a guy like him. That goes a long, long way. That'll do it for Garbage Time and today's edition of Daily Faceoff Live. Thanks a lot for joining us, and especially if you were in the chat on our YouTube stream. If you haven't hit the button already, subscribe, give us a like, give us a follow, whatever it is that makes us uh, makes everything go round on our YouTube channel. Uh, we'll be back 12 noon Eastern on Friday. You know where to find us. Until then, have a great day, everyone, and enjoy the games. Go, go Blue Jackets. Go CBJ. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? 
That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.